Well, pastors who are really good at evangelism and do a lot of evangelism say, uh, they, they tell me, that one of the ways you get your congregation more involved in evangelism is sharing stories, sharing stories about evangelism. And so I wanted to share a story. I've, I've, I've been working on uh, sharing the gospel with my barber. He's kind of a captive audience, or I am, actually. He's the one holding the razor. And, uh, and so I've been working, you know, and, and the way you do evangelism, like real one-on-one, and, and, you know, interested, authentic ministry, you, you find out about him. So I found out a lot of stuff about him. I know the name of the band he plays in. I know when their next concert is. And I ask him about his children. That's a great avenue for ministry because a lot of times people who don't really want to go to the church themselves kind of want their children to grow up with some kind of code. And So I know that he has a 9-year-old boy and an 11-year-old boy. and He's really thankful that the 11-year-old's not gotten surly yet. It's been great. It was a good conversation. And and uh, I asked him about his interests, you know, and um, the Lord of the Rings. He loves Lord of the Rings. He's got books, all, all these books around. And that's a real easy kind of avenue into the gospel because that, that whole book set has about 40 illustrations of, of, you know, Christ sacrificed for us. So that's real easy. And so using all of that information, uh, I went to my friend Jason Bobo, and I said, I'll pay for your next haircut if you'll witness to my barber. true story. See, there's things about ministry that I find really hard. I find really hard. And there's things that are very easy. Right? This is easy. This is not actually ministry. This is public speaking. And public speaking is easy for me, and uh, I enjoy it. And uh, ministry that involves, like, being in front of somebody, you know, where you, where you can be rejected, that's hard. Uh, ministry where people can ask questions, that's difficult. One time we had a lady in our worship service who raised her hand in the middle of the sermon to see if she could ask a question, and I ignored her for 15 good minutes. See, I, we, you know, we're good. I admit, that kind of stuff is hard. One-on-one stuff is hard. This, this stuff is easy for, for me. Uh, sin management is easy. Sin management is easy. just make you feel guilty. Use your flesh against your flesh. That's not hard. We'll talk more about that in a few minutes. Uh, fixing people. I like that. Fixing people, that's really good. You come to me with a problem, I'll fix you. You don't get the right to ask me about my problems. That's easy. I love all of that. But, but being actually transparent and, and, and authentic and one-on-one, face-to-face, life on life, ministry is hard. I find it very hard. Uh, the Apostle Paul today, he, he's kind of taking a little excursus. He's been, he's been really pouring it on the Galatians. You know, he's, he's, he was with them for a while, and he's gone, and he's finding out that they're, they're turning back to, to legalism. They're, they're turning back to law. They had started so well, and they were on their way to, to fully receiving uh, God's sonship, to really, they've already received it, but to fully enjoying that and, and their freedom in the gospel. And he's, and then he kind of just kind of takes this little detour and he says, don't you remember what it was like when I was there? Don't you remember how I lived among you? Don't you remember when we were face to face and I let you see my weaknesses and you were, you were nice, you were kind to me. And I was 
I became like one of you so you could become more like one of me. And he's really showing us what authentic ministry is. And, and this, this is an important message for all of us. Some of you have already tuned out. You're like, well, good thing I'm not a minister. Um, but ministry is, is something that we all live in. If you have a single friend in the world, if you have ever uh, taken wedding vows, you're, you're, Paul tells us that men are to love their wives as Christ loved the church, that she, to present her radiant and without blemish. That's ministry. If you, uh, he tells us that wives are to love their husbands and submit to them as the church does to Christ. That's, that's ministry. If you're raising children and you've taken these baptism vows to raise them in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord, that's, that's ministry. All of us uh, who live a single moment of the day without you know, thinking of other people instead of thinking of ourselves, that's ministry. And if you actually want to, to do true ministry in the gospel, Paul tells us here that authentic Christian ministry is living with others transparently until Christ is formed in them. It's living with others with a goal that Christ be formed in them. It's living with others transparently and honestly until Christ is formed in them. Please stand as we read uh, from Galatians chapter 4, beginning with verse 12 and ending with verse 20. Hear the word of the Lord. Brothers, I entreat you, become as I am. For I also became as you are, and you did me no wrong. You know it was because of a bodily ailment that I preached the gospel to you at first, and though my condition was a trial to you, you did not scorn or despise me, but received me as an angel of God, as, as Christ Jesus. What then has become of your blessedness? For I testify to you that if possible, you would have gouged out your own eyes and given them to me. Have I then become your enemy by telling you the truth? They make much of you for no good purpose. They want to shut you out that you may make much of them. It is always good to be made much of for a good purpose, not only when I'm present with you. My little children, for whom I am again in the anguish of childbirth until Christ is formed in you. I wish I could be present with you now and change my tone. For I am perplexed about you. Thus far the reading of God's word. All men are like grass, and all of our glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but not God's word. God's word stands forever. You may be seated. Authentic ministry is living with people, transparently with them, until Christ is formed in them until they are formed in Christ, until they are born and independent, until they are in the very image of our common brother, Jesus. Um, the first thing that Paul reminds us is to do ministry, you have to, become, you have to get down with people. I became like one of you. I became like one of you. Now, that was a, a change for him. He was, um, he was an apostle. They received him as an angel. And he had, to, he had to come down from that. He was a Jew. 
And they were Gentiles, so he gave up his, his eating rules, and he gave up rules about who he would and would not fellowship with. And he, he went into their houses, and, and he received their, their ministry. He, was, uh, he says it was because of a bodily ailment uh, that he stopped there. And he says, you didn't despise or scorn me, so it probably was something visible and kind of nasty. Um, it's hard to believe he would have had any ailments. He was just shipwrecked twice and stoned once and left for dead a few times. Um, but he, he was probably had really, really bad eyesight. It was some kind of eye thing. We think that because he said it would, they would have gouged their own eyes out and given them to him because there's a story in Acts where he says, he responds to us, the speaker, and everyone looks at him and goes, would you speak, you can't speak to the chief priest that way. And he said, oh, I didn't realize who I was talking to, which only makes sense if he can't see real well. And um, there's some other things there. So we think, we think, we know he was struck blind when he saw Jesus. So we think he had an eye thing. We can't really know for sure, but that seems to be pointing there. And he was, he had to stop. It became painful. Something happened that made him stop and spend the time in Galatia and so he, he received help. He was weak in front of them. He let them, he wasn't like, you know, modern day uh, president or king who wants to hide their weakness and only come out in strength. He, it, it, it's hard to receive ministry. You know, to let someone really minister to you, you're, you're coming down here and they're up here and you're saying, I need you. And that's a hard thing to say. He got down on their level. That's, that's where true ministry is done. It's, it's sharing weakness. It's revealing. Well, it's not like we're making up things. It's revealing the truth about you. Uh, one of our elders several, several years ago took a friend to uh, AA. It was in the first AA meeting. And, and it, was, it wasn't a big meeting where you could kind of hide in the crowd. You know, it was a smaller one. And they were going around the circle introducing themselves. And if you never been in one of those meetings. The way they introduce themselves is, you know, they say their name. Hi, I'm Ricky. Never say last names. Hi, I'm Ricky, and I'm an alcoholic. And as they were going around the room, uh, everyone kind of wondered, well, his buddy kind of wondered, well, I wonder what this guy's going to say because he's, I've never seen him drink. And so the, it got to him, and he raises, he says, hi, I'm Ricky, and I'm a sinner saved by grace. One of you. One of you. And he said several people in that group came up to him, and they were so thankful that he would come to this meeting, and they were so thankful that he would get down on their level. That's, that's where ministry's done. It's by identifying with people. It's not, ministry's not looking at people saying, I used to be like you, but now I'm like me. Isn't that better? Don't you want to be like me? Would you rather be like me than like you? Let me tell you how. Ministry is, is looking people eye to eye and saying, I am like you. Let me show you all the ways I'm like you. I have the struggles that you have. I have the, the failures that you have. I have the disappointments that you have. That's, that's healthy ministry. It's, it's, it's being down on their level. Unhealthy ministry is, is being up, looking down, speaking down, uh, not being honest, giving people rules and, and, and five ways to become more like me. And that ultimately ends up binding people, enslaving people to, to become 
uh, enslaved to your rules and your laws. And that's what Paul's saying. Don't do it. Don't listen to them. I know it sounds good. There's a, a friend of mine here in town who said he sat under the same pastor for 20 years and never once heard a single thing that the pastor struggled with. And he went to him and said, you know, why you, you tell us a lot about our sin and about the sins of the world, but you never say anything about your sin. Why, why is that? And he said, well, sin uh, grieves the Holy Spirit, and why would I want to grieve the Holy Spirit while I'm preaching? That's a good answer right there. I like that. Yeah, I don't want to. As a matter of fact, I don't ever want to grieve the Holy Spirit, so I'm never going to talk about my sin ever. That's good. That's good stuff. It's a lie. It's good. It feels good. It's, it's easier. That's true, true ministry is, is down on people's level. It's not looking down on them. It's looking straight at them and loving them. But it's, it's looking down, it's, it's being down with them for a purpose, and that purpose is we, we become like them so they can become like us. That's what the apostle Paul said. I, I want you to be like me. I'm free from the law. I'm free from sin. I am a, in, in joy. I live in joy despite my ailments. He says, what happened to your blessedness? That's that's a Christian-y word, but it just means, why aren't you happy anymore? You were happy when we were together. You, we were, you, were, you lived in joy when we were together. What, where did it go? Why, why, is, it, why is it like that? Why, where is that gone? I, I became like you so that you become like me. And again, it's kind of necessary to, to figure this out. I want to tease this out, right? So let's look at unhealthy ministry. And we'll look at healthy ministry. Unhealthy ministry is, is looking from down from the top. It, it's mutual flattery. He says they made much of you so that you made much of them. That's, uh, man, that's a good compromise. I love that. That means preach good sermons, make us feel good. And we'll tell you how good of a preacher you are. And we'll just keep going. That's great. That's good stuff. I like that. I, uh, I, was, at, I was doing RYM one time, which is a youth camp. And I was preaching and and this youth ministry, it was funny, it was funny to me. The big secret that was going on was Bianca and I were in a huge fight all week. By the way, with, with 18 years of, of perspective, I now know that she was right and I was wrong. It took a while for me to get there. But um, anyway, I was preaching and, and this youth ministry came up toward the end of the week and, and it was just gushing about how much I'd blessed him and blessed his the kids in his youth ministry, thank you so much, thank you. And, and I just kind of had, had enough, and I said, you have any idea how easy this is for me? Will you please come back to my room and make my wife like me? That's the hard stuff, down here stuff. Unhealthy ministry. I'll tell you great stories. I'll tell you five things you can do so that you'll stop feeling bad about yourself, I'll make much of you, you make much of me, we're going to be happy. Nobody's going to change, no sin's actually going to get dealt with, but we're going to be happy. That's, that's false ministry, that's making much of each other, that's, that's using rules. That's, if you have a sin you really want to deal with, let's make some rules. And what we can do is we will use the flesh to control the flesh. That makes sense. 
Let me explain how that works. I really do have to lose 30 pounds for my heart. I mean, I'm not making this stuff up. My doctor looked at me and said, it is time now. And we're going to have to go on serious medication if you can't. Now, I know I don't really look like it. I got skinny arms and skinny legs, and I carry all my weight out here. So as long as I point towards you, you can't really see it. But the second I do this, you're like, oh, there you do have Dunlop disease. Yes. Uh, and, and I do. My, my belly is lopped over my belt. It done did it. So um, I have what I did, which I've used pretty much every diet on the Internet, but I found this thing called Healthy Wager. And what healthy wager is, is you make a bet on yourself. And so I bet $1,000 on myself that I can lose 30 pounds before July 1st. And I'm pretty confident I'm going to win. Now let me tell you what that is and what it is not. What it is not is it is not slaying the sin of gluttony. And gluttony is a sin. Habitual overeating is a sin. It is right there in the Bible, the church's called it gluttony for thousands of years. The Apostle Paul says, you've made a God out of your stomach. It is right there in the Bible. We don't pay much attention to it, but it's there. And I am not doing anything to that sin. I'm just kind of leaving that one alone. What I am doing is betting that my love of money is stronger than my love of peanut butter. Right? So every time I go into that pantry, I'm like, is it worth a thousand bucks? No, it is not. Right? That's all I'm doing. I'm using one sin to control another sin. That's what a lot of our sin management is. It really is. I don't think we do it on purpose. But you know, I mean, probably about 85% of accountability groups, it's just using shame. I'll bet your fear of telling me that you looked at pornography is greater than your desire to look at it. I'll bet your fear of, of telling me that you have not, uh, that you don't tithe is greater than your love of money and, and failure to do it. It's just sin management. And, and it makes sense. It makes sense to us. That's why Paul in, in Colossians says they, they give you rules do not touch, do not taste, do not drink. And they all have the they, they have the appearance of wisdom, he says in Colossians 2.23. All these things have the appearance of wisdom. But they're of no value in controlling the sinful flesh. It's just trading one over the other. Making my love of money stronger, my love of food weaker. I don't think that's getting me in the right direction. But there's a whole other way to do it. Right? John talked to us about it last week. I'll be honest, I thought that was the most convicting sermon I've ever heard. I've never been called to repentance in a way that made me angrier. But he's so smooth, I didn't realize that until like Tuesday. Right? When he says things like, it's more important that nothing be hidden than that not anything be changed, anything get fixed. It's more important that nothing be hidden than that anything get fixed. And that sounded so good. And I was like, yeah. And then I went home and I'm like, no, uh-uh, wait a minute, nothing? No, 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 no. You got no business going there. Let, let's just fix each other. Nothing hidden? I've got, I've got to really truly reveal myself to people. 
I've got to trust Christ so much and be so rooted in Him and in what He thinks of me that I really have to just rip this, this hard scab of heart open and say, here I am? That's hard. Come on, John. Just give us a sermon on the ninth commandment. Give us a little law. Just, just come and say, you know, don't bear false witness. Don't lie to people and... And if you do lie to people, it's because you've made an idol out of your self-image and you care more about you know, your comfort than about the truth or you care more about what people think about you than the truth. Don't, don't tell me I have to be unhidden. Don't tell me I have to reveal myself. Just give me a good law to keep. Do y'all know Judah when you see it? Do you realize that's the exact sermon John preached? Every time someone asks you how you're doing and you say fine, you've borne false witness. I mean, obviously you don't reveal your soul to the grocery, you know, clerk. Not that they even exist anymore. But every time somebody who actually cares about you and sits down across the table from you and says, How are you doing? and you say fine, most of us are lying. And it's hard to tell the truth. And we have to really trust what Christ has done for us to tell the truth. And it's difficult and it's much easier just to manage our sin. To truly reveal ourselves. It takes faith. And I, I want you to know, because I am trying this, trying this stuff out. I actually tried it yesterday. <laughs> I was... Uh, well, I was up here in my office by myself, finishing up my sermon, doing my third rewrite. That's what I do. So that was actually sin management right there, because I didn't want you to think I waited till Saturday to write my sermon. And so I lied. And so I said it was my third. It's my second rewrite. I did the first one on Thursday. It was honestly my second one. Okay, now we're good. Uh, I was revealing. I was, uh, you know, up here working on the sermon, looking for anything that I could do besides working on the sermon, and that was uh, getting on Facebook, right? So I just just a hint. If I ever post anything between 9 and 12 on Saturday, that's just because I am dying to not work on my sermon. And I'm looking for something else to do. So I was on Facebook. There's this weird ad. Couldn't really tell what it was for, but it was well done. It was interesting. It got me to click on it because I didn't want to work on my sermon. And I clicked on the ad and started scrolling. And I kind of knew where it was going, but kept scrolling. Didn't have to click another button, just going down, and it turned to full bore pornography. And I clicked out of it, and I was so mad, and I reported it to Facebook, and I was so mad, and I could not get that image out of my mind. I couldn't. And so I texted my friends, and I said, guys, I need you to pray for me. I've got this image. I can't get it out of my mind. And the second I did, it was gone. And they all three responded in five minutes, praying for you. I said, you know what? Think, I knew you would, but I'm free from that. It's more important that nothing be hidden than that anything be healed. Why? Because this, this vulnerable lifestyle in front of each other 
leads us to look like Jesus. What's what the purpose? The purpose, Paul tells us, is that we would look like our common brother. I am again in the pains of childbirth for you, with you, until, what? Until Christ is formed in you. Bringing Christ out of each other. It's hard. It hurts. He's, he's talking about childbirth here before epidurals, B.E. It's painful. But it's painful with a purpose of bringing the life into the world. We're gonna, being honest and vulnerable with each other, it hurts. It's hard, but it, it works. It actually, not that working is the issue, but it actually puts to death the sins of the flesh. And it strengthens who we are, Christ in us. And, and, and that may, it's, we're, we're being formed in Christ's image. And, and the more we do that, the more like Him we become. And the more like Him we become, the more joy we experience. And, and the grace of Jesus steps into these moments. I, um, I uh, saw a, a comedian's bit the other day. Somebody shared it with me. I don't know th- about the rest of it. I'm not going to tell you his names because you'll look him up and go, I can't believe he was listening to this guy. I listened to a five-minute segment. I don't know. His name's Nick Kroll. And uh, he's talking about, uh, he was talking about how hard it is to talk to our moms, you know. And he says, everybody says they love their mom. And everybody, when they get a phone call and they see that it's from their mom, goes, oh, no. What am I going to say? And that's true. That's true of a lot of us. It was true of me. I, I mean, it's hard. It's frustrating, right? My mom is the per- person on the planet that I love as, as much as anybody. And I was completely unable to communicate that with her. I mean, I love you, Mom, but I have nothing in common with you. And I don't want to hear who died this week. And that's all you got to say? And can't I just give you some money or cut off a hand or something and give it to you so I don't have to talk to you? But you can figure out that I love you? And, as I, and that's, that's a real thing. And it, it used to just cause me to go into this spiral of shame and guilt. And if you really loved her, you'd want to talk to her. And you don't talk to her. And you want to talk to her. And so aren't you a terrible person? And I'm getting this, this toilet bowl of just beating myself up for not being what I wanted to be until I saw that comedy bit and I'm like, oh, everybody feels that way? And then you start hearing those magical words. uh, Brene Brown says the most powerful words in the English language are me too. I'm like, really? Wow. Let's share. And that, that, that spiral of guilt and shame is gone and it's replaced with love and empathy. And I become a little bit more like Jesus. A little bit more like Jesus. Now, some of you, uh, I do want to know that. Want you to know this. Um, some of you, this is impossible for because Christ isn't in you, and uh, you really can't reflect upon the pain and the sacrifice of Christ because it's just not that real to you yet. And if that's the case and and you're interested, you'd like to know more, you find yourself just unable to entrust yourself with each other because you're just not sure that your sin has been dealt with yet, 
let's talk. We can, we don't, you don't have to wait till the end of the service. During, during communion, I'll be up here. You're welcome to come just sit on the front row, and I'll sit down with you, and we'll talk until the, everybody else is gone if you want. Um, but for the rest of you, it's, it's a question. Are you, is God that real to you? Are you willing to, to undergo this, this form of washing, of sharing yourself and letting someone else uh, apply the gospel to you and listen to you in Christ, not just uh, tell you about Christ, but listen to you in Christ. And in, in, in doing that, cleaning you. Last night, Bianca and I, uh, we did our, our weekly liturgy, which is watching Hercule Poirot uh, on Saturday nights. We always watch a cozy, a cozy mystery, which means people get killed, yes, but we're not really worried about them. It's cozy, we're in a nice place, we've got a fireplace in the, and mountains in the background, and everything's going to be fine in the end. And among the multiple mis- murders he was solving, he was looking for some lost paintings. And he walked over to a painting, and he poured mineral oil all over the rag, and he started wiping, and, and it was a just hideous landscape. I, they said it was hideous. It looked fine to me. And, uh, and, and they, they started saying, well, if you keep rubbing, you're going to rub all the paint off. And then he revealed that the lost pe- painting, the masterpiece, was behind it. And that's, that's, what, that's what living openly in front of each other feels like. We're washing each other. We're cleansing each other. How long until that masterpiece is revealed? Christ in you. Until that's revealed. And it gets clearer and clearer and lighter and lighter. And it does not, it it might start with pain, but it ends with joy. What happened to all your blessedness? Don't you remember how good it was to live free? Free from fear. Free from shame free from guilt. Don't you remember how good it was to live free? That is the life that is found in Christ and nowhere else. Please pray with me. Father in heaven, we, we do confess it's hard. I mean, that's not, that's not a rhetorical device. It is hard. But it's so good. It's just so good to have other people there with you struggling and praying for you and and washing you, cleansing you. And so, Father, we, we ask that you would fill us with your Spirit and enable us to love each other as Christ, enable us to listen to each other as Christ. to reveal those things that are hidden that they might be cleansed and wiped away. We pray in Jesus' name.